too. Um, yesterday, we did something abnormal. Yeah. And instead of it being a conversation with both of us here, we went through five points. Now, we had to go through five points mm -hmm. just because there's so much that's packed in there. I mean, we didn't even touch about man being created in the image of God and oh, how important that is too. to the rest of the yeah. Bible. But the reason why we did that is this. All right. Uh, Genesis, the whole book, is split into these two halves. Genesis 1 through 11, what you have are four great events. Yeah. You have creation, the fall, the flood, nations. Genesis 12 through 50, you have four great people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. That's how the book is split up. Now yeah. this, Genesis 1 through 11 are your floorboards, yep. right? So it is the foundation. If you do not understand what takes place there, you will not understand the rest of the Bible. It At won't all. make sense. Throw it away. Well, not throw it away. There's good stuff in there, but it right. just won't make sense. Yeah. But if you really understand Genesis 1 through 11, it makes so much sense. The rest of the like, Bible makes sense. Yeah. Even even to your point, John, like technically the entire Bible is in Genesis 1 through 3. Right. Um, like every theme is there. That's right. what I mean. Theme, like literally yeah. the Trinity, literally uh, creation, fall, right? Redemption. Right. All of these things are in Genesis 1 through 3. And so the first 11 chapters, like you said, man, like everything literally from how the world came about right. in terms of nations, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of people, um, literally is there. And yeah, like John said, like, man, we can't make sense of anything without it. So we have to be kind of methodical in that way. Right. Yeah. Yep. So Genesis 5, uh, it begins off, it, it starts with a genealogy. It yeah. basically picks up where Genesis 4 leaves Bro. off. My, my, my tagline for this was like, there's gems in the genealogy. Uh -huh. yeah. There's gems. And so like Genesis is literally a bunch of genealogies. You're going right. to see it over and over and over throughout the text. But I think God is just trying to show like, one, I think this is, this is history, right? right? This is not um, like the creation myths of the time where they had these myths. They weren't like literal historical right. facts. And like, no, God is saying like, no, no, let me be scrupulous and clear about what happens. The other thing in this one, particularly in Genesis 5, um, you see that everybody's dying. <laughs> right. right people are just dying and he died and he died and he died and god is trying to say like no i promised the curse right right like i'm i'm, I'm literally the curse uh, i didn't i wasn't playing <laughs> i wasn't joking with folks right the curse right is here yeah. but when it gets to enoch there's a break in the genealogy ah. and it says enoch walked with god 300 300 years yeah and god took him away ah, and what many good. people will say is like yo this is the first instance we see of eternal life ah that's good because if we place our faith in christ now right on yeah. the other side of the cross um, we won't really die, yeah. right? Jesus says we'll never die. 11, John 11. That's a great Bible study tool, right? Yeah. So, all right, here's the trick, right? Any genealogy that you read, you read it and the same thing takes place over and over and over and the pattern can lull you to sleep. Yep. When you're reading genealogies, what you want to look for is the break in the pattern. Yeah. Where does it break? Because that's the author saying, no, listen, I'm not trying to lull, uh, lull you to sleep. I'm trying to draw your attention to something extraordinary. It's like digging for gold. It's dirt, 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 dirt. Mm -hmm. But then there's something that glimmers and where you see something that is different than all of the brown dirt that you dig around, you lock your eyes on there and you go, right? And that's what we see in. Yeah. In and then even from there, once we move from there, uh, we literally have it ending with Noah. So the genealogies always build up to a specific person who has a, uh, a a prominent role in the next narrative. Right. And so Noah is this guy who's got who God's going to use 
to save the world, mm. <laughs> which is crazy. And in Genesis 6, we see that sin that entered the world came trickled on down to everybody in the world. And that, God is fed up. He's it, like, yo, this is crazy. That snowball turns into an avalanche. Yes. And that's what sin does. Yep. The snowball of sin never stays as a snowball. We mm. tend to think we can manage sin, but it's like once it starts to roll, it gets to a place where it gets out of control. So much so that God looks down at the earth and it says, yo, everybody only thought about doing evil all the time, right? Mm. So it's everybody only thought about evil all of the time. It's driving in that point that things aren't just bad, right? They're real bad, real bad. And then, yeah, God says, yo, I'm going to establish a covenant with a man named Noah. He calls Noah righteous, the text says, before Noah even did anything. Ah. And God does that to us as well in Jesus, right? We know that. And so he calls, yeah, go ahead. No, no, but that's it, right? So these are the things that we don't want to miss. God blesses Adam before he does anything. First words out of his mouth, bless, yeah. God calls Noah righteous before he does anything. anything. Moses is already setting this pattern as he gives this people this law. Wait a minute. God saved you. God made you righteous before you did anything to perform that, right? And then after God saves him and after God calls him, God warns him that he's going to flood the earth. And what you see is Genesis 7 and 8, Mm -hmm. where God is providing all the instructions and do you know what it says? Noah did, did everything, everything that the Lord asked him. <laughs> Noah did everything, everything. that the Lord asked mm. him. Look, look, look. Obedience comes after the declaration of being made right. It's yeah. not like he did all of the things that God asked him. And then God said, you found favor in my eyes. Genesis 6 comes first. And after Noah found favor in God's eyes, do you know what he did? He took God at his word. And trusted him. Yeah. And then, yeah, in Genesis 8, the flood recedes, right? So the flood comes. That is God's judgment. That is a theme. Literally, like in the Exodus, right, the the Egyptians are flooded, right? So yeah. water is this theme of judgment. Even when we get baptized, right, it's right. literally like us coming out of the grave. This theme of judgment comes. And then God, the Bible says that God remembered mm. Noah and his family. Yeah. And so the flood recedes, and we see that there's a salvation here, right? Like yeah. Noah... Saves the world, right? Right. Right. God saves the world through Noah, through one righteous man. And that mm. just reminds me, yeah, of Jesus, right? Like God saving the world Fam. through Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, yo, after that, after God does that, everything dries up. Folks' feet ain't wet no more. Noah builds an altar at the end of Genesis 8. And he yeah. worships. Worship. He worships the Lord. So we see obedience and worship are a response to God's covenant making with us, right? right. His relationship that he established with us first. Not before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like this, all right? You're reading the Bible this morning. You're praying. The worship that you did through the course of this past week, that has not made God love you any more than he does right now. Look, God God loves you. Yes. And he's made that love clear to you through his word. Yeah. Even though God speaks a word of judgment in Genesis 6, Judgment is his first word, but it ain't his last, right? Mercy is God's last word. And then at the end of that, look, the reflex of the soul of anybody that knows their God is worship and praise. Yeah. And then God says, yo, man, because of this, 
I, I have this covenant with you, Noah. I'll never do this again. Mm. I'll never curse the ground again. And how do you know? I'll give you a sign. Yeah. I'll give you a sign to show you, right? Yeah. And it's the same yeah, thing for us. Like God will not smite his people right. uh, because of his grace and his faithfulness. Yeah. And the rainbow, the sign that God gives is after a warrior came back home, mm. what he would do is he would hang up his bow upside down over the mantle to show that he's done with the wrath of that bow and there's peace. And God says, yo, I'm going to put this bow in the sky so that you know, mm. yo, there's love, there's mercy. I've got a plan for how I'm going to deal with all of this, Yeah, but you got to take it by faith. Amen. Yeah. Noah was saved by faith. Yeah. And faith is a big theme in this book. We see Adam and Eve didn't display the faith. Right. In trusting God. Just, it's a trust, right? It's yeah. not just a belief. It's a trust. Noah trusted God and look what God did. Yep. And that's your task today. Yeah. Trust God. He's absolutely trustworthy. For those of us that have put our trust in Christ, there's no wrath left for us. Not an ounce. Uh, yeah. Not an ounce of wrath.